Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech. Today, Mark Zuckerberg faces the Senate, Uber is expanding, and Infinity Wars is coming soon. Hey, let's open it up. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives, Geek Nerd Tech. Oh yeah. Welcome to Black Hollywood Live. This is Geek Nerd Tech, GNT, the show where we break down tech news, geek and nerd culture from a black and brown perspective. I am Akili Shine, your host. And as always, I'm very appreciative of all of you out there tuning in, listening in, watching, and getting down with your boy. I'm riding solo today, but we have a lot of great things to cover and tackle. So I say we just jump right in and get into it. First off, Mark Zuckerberg. We all know that, hey, his big day was yesterday where he faced the Senate. And uh, we know that uh, 87 million profiles were collected by a political data mining um, firm called Cambridge Analytica. And so because of that, uh, the U.S. government was like, hey, Zuckerberg, what's going on? Like, what happened to all these elections with the Russians hacking and now all people's information is being mined? Like, how are you protecting people's information? So we need to, like, do some inquiries and talk with you about that. So... He literally had to sit for a cool four hours and answer question after question about how Facebook works, what they're doing to protect the the users. Um, And it was a really interesting um, conversation. And actually, it was quite entertaining. Um, For those of you that know Zuckerberg, his personality is pretty stiff. And just seeing him kind of navigate through, you know, the, the barrage of questions, and but he 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 held strong. He um, hit a lot of great points, um, clarified a lot of things, and it was a really interesting um, experience, especially in in the time that we are where social media platforms kind of rule the land. One of the things that they covered um, during the hearing was if they if Zuckerberg uh, he thought that Facebook was a monopoly. Um, they asked him a question, I believe, "Who is your biggest competitor?" And Zuckerberg said, "I believe I don't have one." Which is pretty funny. And so they were saying, the Senate was saying, well, they were pretty much arguing, well, you're like a monopoly. You're a massive power. If you don't have any competition, like that means that it it could lead to an abuse of power. And so he had to dispel that by saying that, hey, um, that that Facebook is for the people. It'll it'll always be a free service. Um, the, The way that he has generated wealth from the platform is through ads. But Facebook, in his opinion, will always be Free, and so the Senate was asking, "Well, well, what would a a paid Facebook look like?" And that was kind of his response: that, "Nah, that's not something I'm trying to do." But he wouldn't rule it out. Um, so then they went on to ask him, "Well, how are you going to, you know, protect people from, you know, data mining and taking people's information?" And so one of his suggestions, or one of the things that they're developing over at Facebook, is uh, using. Uh, artificial intelligence because an AI can cl- can quickly scan through and find keywords and find hate speech and other problematic posts way faster than you know uh, like human moderation. Um, and so he was saying that they're developing more AI technology that will be able to do that and flag if someone is saying something that's inappropriate or doing something that could be considered salacious. Um, so yeah, they 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 really hit him up with a lot of questions. Um, and and another one of the things that they were saying is that, and this is a big one because I 
I tend to believe that. And I had uh, Ryan Hollins on the show maybe a couple weeks ago. And he was telling a story about how he was on the phone talking to a friend. And literally, after he finished his phone call with a friend, he saw an ad on Facebook targeted to him that was about his conversation that he was having on the phone with his friend. So the senators were asking Mark Zuckerberg, do they add target based on listening in to your phone's microphone and listening into those conversations that you're having with people? And so his answer was, no, they don't. I don't know. I think the jury's out on that one because it's a lot of weird uh, scenarios and circumstances where people have said that as well to me. Like, hey, like I'll be on a conversation, I'll be having a conversation with someone, and all of a sudden I'll see an ad that's like literally discussing or paralleling what we were discussing. And so he demystified, um, I guess, that urban legend that Facebook spies on our conversations and then uses ads to target us. So um, the funniest thing or the biggest takeaway for me about this story is that a lot of the the U.S. senators really didn't understand how Facebook worked. And they were asking like really kind of like just basic questions about like, I think one of the one of the questions was like, well, how do you if it's not a, a paid platform? Well, how do you make money? And Zuckerberg's answer was ads, clearly. Um, and so they, it was kind of like an educational process because I'm sure there's a lot of people within the country that, that, that really don't know how Facebook makes money. So Zuckerberg kind of walked, um, walked us all through that in, just in terms of like how they, they take sp- specific information from each user and how they then are able to use that to target, target for ads. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a really interesting conversation um it it felt a little testy at times um but hey i think to have the oversight and to have um the u.s government kind of like knock on his door and be like hey what's up man this can't be happening like you know people toppling elections people stealing you know users information and using it for who who knows what purpose like your information is sensitive and personal and cannot be manipulated without you giving consent. Like, and if someone can easily steal almost a hundred million users information, that's a problem. So I love the fact that at least, you know, Zuckerberg was willing to come and pretty much lay it out, lay it out for everybody. And I think it was really dope. Um, Marissa, did you get a chance to peep it yet or no? Have, Have you yet yet to see it? I have not seen it yet, but I heard there were moments where it got, um, super, more aware of what the the audience should be doing who who uses Facebook and right. like oh those are really good thought provoking questions like how much is Facebook really gearing into our personal lives and exactly without our actual you know consent for that sure it, it is scary and I I think it's good that Senate is asking all these questions that the regular general population are absolutely absolutely well yeah if you have some time um, I would encourage you to watch it. Um, I think it's pretty pretty interesting. It's pretty fascinating. Well, moving on. Um, let's move on to this Apple story, which I think we've covered before on the, on the show. Apple uh, was ordered to pay uh, a patent troll company more than $500 million in an iMessaging case. And so this company by the name of VernetX um, was battling Apple for eight years. And essentially they're saying that they had filed a patent that – clearly spoke of the concept of FaceTime and iMessage and that Apple went on to go steal that. And so there's a lot of controversy surrounding the story because Vernet X is a company that is in the business of just making patents. And 
you know, waiting for big companies to come along and, and maybe discover it on their own and then be like, hey, actually, you didn't make that. We actually made that and we're going to sue you. And so it's kind of like a, like a hustle almost. It's like, okay, well, let's try to imagine anything that could happen in the future. We'll file a patent for it and hopefully someone will come along and make it and we'll wait for them to blow up and then we'll sue them and then we'll, be, we'll all be rich. Well, that's exactly what happened in this case. And um, last year, they, Apple was ordered to pay $440 million to the same company, but they appealed and were like, nah, we want a little bit more cash. And so they just got paid... Uh, well, they just got rewarded 502, like I said, $502.6 million. Now, there's a lot of um, talk about these laws um, being changed in terms of uh, what is a patent, how you can, how, what is intellectual property, um, what, it, what what is worthy of a, of a lawsuit, what is not worthy, um, because it's unfair to companies that like literally maybe they didn't have any inclination or any awareness behind um, this company developing a patent. Maybe they literally organically developed the idea and it was similar to what this company envisioned and they, they go in and make it. And now all their hard work is now kind of like just taken away. And so a lot of people are saying it's a bit unfair and there needs to be more regulation or crackdown on, in, in terms of how intellectual, intellectual property is regulated. And I think this is pretty interesting but more interesting that a company would think like, hey, you know what? We're going to be in the business of creating ideas. We don't want to necessarily develop them and bring them to market, but we'll create the idea. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, submit the patent, and we'll just wait. If it's five years, if it's 10 years, somebody might create it. And if they do, we're going to be rich because so we're going to sue them. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Anywho, another uh, story for Apple, which I think is dope, um, that they have announced the new red iPhone 8 and um, eight plus. And so I don't know if you guys all know about the product red and, and, you know, the organization that is responsible for, um, the campaign to fight HIV and AIDS in Africa, but, um, obviously they have partnered with Apple and so they are dropping the red phone, um, and it should be coming soon. Um, I don't believe that the price has gone up. Um, I think it's remained the same. It's, it's about 700 bucks for, uh, 64 gig iPhone 8 and about 800 bucks for the plus and you would be able you'll be able to get them um, uh, this week yeah they come out this week and they start they start shipping on Friday and it's for a good cause too and it's for a good cause Marissa that's right yeah, the, the product red has been out for for years and a lot of celebrities have endorsed red for decades that's right and, and I'm glad Apple's getting on board with this too for sure yeah I've worked with a few companies that have done collaborations with red Belvedere being one of them and just the amount of amount of awareness that they are raising and also the resources that you know that we need to be able to combat HIV and AIDS in Africa but not just in Africa throughout the world and I think it's good to you know have your favorite product your favorite brand um, align with something that that is communal and something that has a, a, a strong degree of social responsibility because not only are you know not only should companies be in in the in the game of just making money but they should also be in the game of making this world um a better place and that's just my opinion but hey uh applause to apple and yeah if you guys haven't got the the eight or the eight plus go get that red iphone now hey google google pixel they have this new technology that they're going to be dropping. When you receive a call 
and it's clearly a spam call instead of you having to like you know keep letting it ring they developed a technology that will immediately automatically send that spam call to voicemail so it won't even have an opportunity to ring so um i think this is pretty cool because i mean we live we live in an era where you you'll get that random phone call from some company trying to sell you something or from someone trying to trying to do something and so the app flags the number um, and it lights up bright red on the on, on your screen when one comes in, and then hey, there's like a spam filtering that that's set up, and then it sends it directly to voicemail. I think that's pretty cool. Brilliant! How come we haven't had this sooner? Thank you. I know, right? So yeah, uh, Google Google is bringing that to market, um, and yeah, if you have a Pixel, a Nexus, or any Android device, you will definitely be able to utilize that feature on your phone. Um, and yeah, if if you are uh, an an Android user that doesn't have that device, um, you have to install it manually through the Play Store. But I think that's a very cool app and functional app that will save a lot of headaches and turmoil from people that are hit with a barrage of spam calls. Do you think Apple will eventually get on this board? I <laughs> on the ship probably. Probably, and that's what Apple does. Apple, Apple is the company, and it's kind of it's kind of funny because we just talked about like trolling companies that that develop technology, and then too, what Apple does though is like, hey, they'll wait for another company to bring something to market. They'll look at them like, okay, that sounds good, and then they'll go and develop a better version of that. So I think it's a fine line. It's like in a way, some some might argue that that's kind of theft. You took my idea and made it better. Some might argue that it's advancing technology. But I, to answer your question, I think that Apple will have some form of app that does exactly this. Um, but I, I'll argue that it'll probably be better because <laughs> that's what Apple does. Um, next story, which I think is very cool. Um, Uber is saying they're going to start developing within the app bike rental cars and public transportation that's going to like do more than just you hopping in the uber and taking you from point a to b so they um have partnered with with a company um where you're able to literally uh rent a bike for the day for an hour um and i think that's cool and you're able to do it from the app that within the app it'll show you where the bikes are located um you can purchase purchase the bike for your transportation through the app, hop on the bike, and then there's a there's there will be destination points or, or drop-off points throughout the city where you're you'll be able to leave the bike. And so they're what they're arguing is that in the future there's gonna be less of a dependency uh, for people to have their own vehicle and more of a dependency for people to have transportation provided for them, on demand transportation in multiple forms. So if it's in the form of you like literally catching a car um, a traditional Uber that we all know, or if it's a bicycle, or if it's you catching an Uber, then hopping on the subway station, and then there's another Uber waiting for you, and you've already designed that from one purchase. Um, what Uber is trying to do is use all the information they've collected since I don't know how long, all the, all those analytics to pr- predict how cities move, how transportation moves within a city, and how they can better have more have better efficiency with how, how how the city is moving. So if it's less traffic, less pollution, um, if it's less just like, like uh, yeah, all that stuff. Like they they want to be able to carve out and map out, you know, the, the best way for you to get from point A to point B and back again. And so they're saying that, you know, 
they've always had this vision as a company to be able to expand um, into other parts of transportation. And so, yes, it did start with, you know, just car sharing, but it's going to expand further, like I said, into bike sharing and transit ticket sharing. So, like I said, imagine starting your, your journey in an Uber, then going onto a subway or a train, getting back into an Uber, and it's all done seamlessly on time. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think it's cool. Um, but via bike, do you think one hour is too short of a limit to use it? Because if your bike is more physical labor, you might, because you're depending on a physical movement compared to automatic, uh, do, you, do you think the time limit should be longer for commuting? Oh, I mean, I, I don't think there's a limit on, on uh, I don't think there's a limitation on how long you can have the bike. I think you just pay for it by the hour. Like, for instance, I was just in oh, Portland. I was in Portland um, like two weeks ago, and Portland's a bike city. So they call it the bike town, and there's people always riding bikes. And so this would be a perfect like solution for a city like that, where you know there's more of a interest in 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 the transportation choice being the bicycle. And so the fact that hey, you're some part of the city where you need to get somewhere, and it's like gridlock traffic. Hop on that bike, and you can get there way faster. So I think that's kind of like the thinking um, behind all of that. Um, but the thing that's really, really interesting is that Uber has not made profit since it started as a company. It's not been profitable. Like, they are about $3.2 billion in the hole. And so I think the big uh, reason for this is they're trying to find, like, new revenue streams to be able to, like, leverage and, and get their business growing. Because right now, like, they are, they are I mean, every year that, that debt is larger and larger and larger. And yes, they're expanding. Yes, they're getting more users, more adopters of the app. And having these other revenue streams, I think, will help. But man, like $3.2 billion in the hole, and they've never been profitable. Let's yeah, see. and 2017 wasn't a good year for it, them either. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we just covered the story like a, like a month ago about the self-driving Uber that killed that woman in Arizona. Like, they've had a, like a, just a, a whole laundry list of bad press from... Um, their, their CEO being ousted to, you know, there being, uh, like, just discrimination and, and sexism within the ranks of Uber to uh, them being banned from the U.K. and France. Like, all sorts of stuff. It's just, like, Uber can't really get, like, a positive spin. So, hopefully, this is, this is one that, you know, people can celebrate and applaud and actually use. Are you Uber or are you Lyft, Marissa? I am Uber. Okay. You're I've always Uber. been an Uber. It's got you. Easy. Got you. It's super easy. I'm definitely a, a Uber guy as well. Um, but yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they can make that turn. We'll see. This story is pretty interesting. Um, there's a group that is claiming that uh, YouTube has illegally collected data from kids. Now, this is against the law, um, and they have said that. Um, YouTube has violated the Child Online Privacy Protection Act, or also known as COPA. And so what that act says is that a company can collect data about kids under 13. However, it has to notify the parents and get their consent before collecting that information. And so what they are arguing is that Uber has not done that. And they have made substantial profits from collecting and using personal information from from children. And it's illegal. And they're saying that it's tens and tens of millions of kids and it's, and, and it's years and years upon doing this. And they're saying that each kid should be rewarded 
up to $41,000. They're saying there's about 23 million children that have been affected. Each child should have about $41,000. And they're saying that could add up to billions of dollars of payout. And YouTube has fired back and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. We have not done that. We've actually um, applied um, we have applied the rules to our, our terms and conditions and, and our, 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 our practices as a company. We have not broken the law. Um, you know, protecting kids and families is a priority for us. Um, and we, we can even figure out how to do it better. And so I wonder how this is going to play out. Like if, if there's going to be a lawsuit coming, um, if YouTube is going to have to pay this money, or if they're in the clear. And we'll see. I know they developed the, the platform YouTube Kids. I know that launched a few years ago. Um, and as a way to kind of like separate the, the, the adult YouTube content from more child-friendly YouTube content. Because clearly YouTube is not a place for kids. There's so much stuff that you can learn that is not kid-friendly. So they, they, they attempted to separate it. But I guess the argument is that in, in that separation, they still haven't gotten consent from parents to use that information to target kids. And so you're not allowed to target kids with keywords like kid, child, boy, girl, but you can do it with like toy or um, stuff that's more specific to playing. And so it's just a fine line. And I, I, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. But man, if, if they lose, we're talking about billions of dollars, people. Billions of dollars that they'll have to pay out. We're talking about 23 million children that will have to be paid up. I think that's pretty crazy. Too many kids. Right, exactly. Snapchat, Marissa, your favorite company, is going ahead <laughs> and developing a second version of its glasses. Boo! <laughs> I hate this. This is terrible. This is terrible. So I'm sure all of you know that Snapchat had developed um, this hardware called the Spectacles, which were camera glasses that you were able to, you know, literally you know, operate, you know, your Snapchat through. So augmented reality, certain things would come up as you're walking the streets. You're able to, you know, take photos through your glasses. Essentially, use Snapchat with the glasses on your face. And they thought it was going to be a huge hit. And man, it tanked. It was it was terrible. Um, the first version only sold about 150,000 pairs. And I mean, look at them. They're butt ugly. Who, who's going like, to wear that? Exactly. It's not fashionable. Not whatsoever. at all. First of all, if you're going to put technology in glasses, make them at least good looking sexy right yeah or sleek thank you regular pair pair of glasses even look better than these right well hey you and i and a whole bunch of other people you know are in agreement about you know these spectacles they're not a spectacle um but snapchat was forced to you know take a 40 million dollar write down they lost 40 million dollars and so even with all that they want to do a round two they say hey you know what we're not done we want a second version of these glasses and you know what? It's going to be equipped with faster Wi-Fi and and you're able to do better things in these glasses. Like, I don't understand, like, why they, they didn't get it the first time. Like, I don't believe people will be interested in this. Um, but the CEO of Snapchat, um, Evan Spiegel, says that Snapchat is a hardware company. They want to be a camera company. And so um, this is kind of like their first attempt, their first product to really break into that market where they're able to you know, capture imagery through their own device versus having it limited to, you know, 
a cell phone that they didn't create. So I get it. They want to be able to have the hardware and the software, and this is their attempt at doing that. So the first version of the Spectacles cost about $130. Guess how much this version costs, Marissa? Uh, 300 Yes. Like, what the heck, dude? Like, you're making it more expensive than the first one that no one bought? <laughs> like, that, that doesn't even make sense. So not only did it fail, but you're going to come with round two and make it even more expensive. I can't wait I don't to get it. not buy this. I don't get it. Like, it's, it's just blowing my mind. But anyway, hey, we will cover this story again when they actually drop the glasses, and we'll see if, if it's more successful. But uh, I am a betting man, and I don't believe that this is going to pop at all. Well, anyway, I'll tell you one thing that is popping, and that is the show that you all have to listen to, and that is Conversations with Maria Menounos podcast edition is hosted by our very own after buzz tv founder and it drops every friday on itunes and i always tell people if you want to have fun you want to learn and you want to grow in different areas of your life well this is the podcast for you um this podcast features celebrity and influencer interviews along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of your life we're talking about health and wellness to career um relationships um finances and much much more like let Maria be the big sister you always wanted, and she's going to drop you that knowledge. She's going to give it to you straight up, and it's very helpful and useful, and you can apply that to your life. Um, it's like almost having a mentor. So I tell you to go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos, and guess what, people? It is free. Free, free, free. Uh, be sure to rate and comment when you do, and let Maria know that it was us, GNT, Black Hollywood Live, that sent you there. Um, once again, check out Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Now, this is a – so I don't know if a lot of you guys out there are interested in space, but I love space, space exploration. Um, I believe that humans will be, you know, multi, multi-planetary – will be able to inhabit multiple planets. Um, I just finished reading um, Elon Musk's book, um, kind of outlining – how he, you know, came up with Tesla, SpaceX, and, and Solar City, and just seeing what he's done in the last ten years with SpaceX is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, here's a story about this company. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. This company um, is saying that they want to build um, a luxury hotel 200 miles up in space. The company's name is Orion Span. Um, and, and what they're offering is that if you put down an $80,000 deposit, you would be able in about 10 years to go up there and have uh, an amazing experience in um, low orbit Earth. Um, and the price tag is $792,000 a night. So you go up there for 12 nights and it, it comes out to be about 2 or $3 million. And so they're saying that you... Um, can bring four guests, um, and you'll be able to see 384 sunrises and sunsets as they race around the planet at incredibly high speeds. Um, and so what they're trying to do is figure out how they're going to get there. And so they're, they're, they're a company that's waiting for, I guess, the technology to get a little cheaper to be able to blast people up there. And, and I think that's what, you know, Elon Musk and, and SpaceX, has, SpaceX has always tried to do, like, hey, let's make um, the rockets cheaper. 
so that we can be able to have, you know, an increase in how many people can go up and back. And so they're betting that by, by you know, 2021 at least that they'll be able to have a station built and ready to, you know, be um, shipped off into low orbit space. And so I think it's kind of cool for, for the person that wants to have that experience. What they're saying is that it's not like a vacation. It's more so like you're, you're getting an experience of an, of an astronaut. They're going to give you training. Um, you also have to operate things. There's a schedule. There's three, there's three months training before you could even go up. There's like a whole like regiment that you have to stick to. Um, but this, what they're saying that this is the future is that, you know, there's going to be more and more companies that are, are tinkering in space tourism because it's the last uh, frontier in terms of, you know, what, what humans have been able to do in, in terms of the exploration. And so, yeah, having, you know, a, a habitat module that you can live in and rest in and have fun in, like, that's, that's where it's at. So if you got the bread, you got the two, three million dollars, hey, pony it up. Spend some time up in space. I, I think that's pretty cool. First of all, it's only eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> only, only. <laughs> and then, second of all, you don't know if you're still going to be alive in the next ten years. Thank you. And let alone if you're even going to survive the trip up there. Right. So I mean, it's a really cool concept, but obviously we are not there yet. Nowhere near it. But it, it's something to look forward to, I guess. Definitely something to look forward to. And another thing to look forward to is in Avengers: Infinity War. It's coming soon. We are almost there. Um, this year marks the 10th anniversary of Marvel, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I believe Iron Man first dropped in 2008. And, you know, the, the whole um, evolution of all these movies is leading up to Infinity War. And so what I'm hearing and what has been, be, what I'm reading is that Infinity War ticket pre-sales are outpacing the last seven Marvel Cinematic Universe movies combined. And that is including Black Panther. So this movie seems to be hot and it's going to be like a record breaker. But if you are under a, under a rock, um, Infinity War is about uh, the, the evil tyrant Thanos. He launches an assault on Earth and he's trying to collect all six stones. Um, so he puts the, the six stones in his Infinity Gauntlet and then he'll have this incredible power to like kill half the universe. And so... You know, all the superheroes are banding together to fight off Thanos. And so we're talking about Black Panther, Thor, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Captain America, the whole crew, guys, everybody, Ant-Man, Gardens of the Galaxy, everybody's in this movie. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but if you haven't seen the trailer, go check it out. Um, And speaking of records, you know, I always got to shout out Black Panther. Um, I think last week, the, the news was that it, it, it passed Titanic on the all-time domestic ranking list, which is huge. That, that Titanic was made, what, like the early 90s? 97. Okay, mid-90s. So that's 20 years, and Black Panther just cracked that record. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it all. I can't wait to see Avengers Infinity War. I believe it hits the theater April 27th. Marissa, you going to go see this? Yeah, of course. <laughs> right now. For sure, for sure. Because I don't live under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. All right, we're almost through. I got a couple more stories I want to blaze through. Um, Fortnite, we covered this last week. This game is blowing up. And there's a lot of celebrities that are playing this game. Um, The biggest celebrity that I know of that's getting a lot of news on this is Drake. So Drake 
plays Fortnite and he wanted to battle the popular streamer Tyler Ninja Blevins, who's like a crazy gamer. Um, and so he said, you know what? I'll, I'll play you. And if you win, Ninja, I'll give you $5,000. Obviously, Ninja won. And Drake, you know, held his word and he wired him five grand. And like this story is interesting is because it's like this this game is like literally like it's burning up. Like people are just playing it like crazy so much that it has even like a celebrity attachment to it. I think uh, Ty, uh, I think there's another it's another uh, big rapper that's playing this game. Um, now I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, um, I think it's dope that. You know, you have you have just everyone kind of like just just invested and involved in playing the game, and you're able to like literally just just shoot them up, bang bang. Um, but I, I love it that Drake is so cavalier and so just like, hey, I'm 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 a part I'm a part of the people. You know, I'm a play I'm a player just like you. I love video games just like you, and so much to the fact that he's bringing more attention to it. So I think that's kind of cool. You know, the whole aftermath buzz stuff here plays Fortnite except for me I'm not <laughs> much of a gamer, but I know all the guys here do oh wow that's funny that's crazy I heard the Fortnite shout out in the background yeah the, the guys here love that Fortnite. game <laughs> that's cool that's super cool um well yeah, here's the last story of the day before we get out of here good people and this story is about Xbox Microsoft is bringing 19 more original Xbox games to the Xbox One um, including Star Wars classics. So some of the original games that are re-releasing are uh, Blinks, Breakdown, Conquer, The Elder Scrolls, Hunter, Jade Empire, um, SSX3. And then you have um, some of the original Xbox games also releasing this month. Um, Star Wars, Battlefront Battlefront 2, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and Star Wars Republic Commando. Yeah, um, Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Knights of the Republic I totally played when I was a kid. That's what's up. Kid, so, yeah. Teenager. In about a week or two, you're able to get those games. Um, and I think that's pretty cool to be able to have access to, to something that, that we all experienced, you know, when we were kids or younger. And, yeah, be able to have uh, the, the option, that the, the, compati- the backward compatibility to be able to play those games on your Xbox One. Um, and so either you can um, put the, the original disc in or you have to get a digital copy from the mi- digital copy from the Microsoft store. But um, it's a ton more games that I didn't list um, that that you can actually access and have fun with. So I encourage all you guys out there, all you gamers, all you Xbox one lovers to like buckle in and like get to playing. There's a lot of great stuff in there. And that concludes our show for today. I appreciate all of you guys tuning in and listening to your boy. Um, we will be back here next week um, getting getting into some more crazy stories. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate all of you guys for tuning in and listening. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. Once again, this is Geek Nerd Tech, GNT. And we will see you next week. Y'all be safe out there. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram at King XO Bay. Thanks for tuning in.
The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.